When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everyone, welcome into the Dublin Denver Podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. My name is Michael McQuaid. Joining me this week on the Dublin to Denver Podcast is none other than Colin Cronin and Stuart Roach. Colin, first of all, um, first of all, first off, how are you doing? Uh, not too shabby. Uh, I am. This is my my favorite uh, time of the year, I suppose, because we finally have real football on the horizon. Uh, you can allow yourself to be really excited, knowing that the next time the Broncos take the field, it will actually really matter. Uh, and you know, this is where we we really can allow hope, excitement to build because it is the beginning of a new season and you know the the playoffs are are there to uh, to be fought for. Yeah, Stuart, we are recording this on uh Wednesday and we are about we're talking just under or just over uh, 10 to 12 days from the kickoff of the NFL season for the Broncos going up against Seattle Monday Night Football. Um, since we last spoke, Stuart said uh, Seattle have now got their QB one. Um, are you excited to go up against Geno Smith in just under two weeks? Yeah, I'm about as excited as I imagine Seahawks fans are to uh, see him in action. Um, yeah, let's not spend too much time. Uh, Geno Smith is what Geno Smith is. Um, you know, and, and Locke 
you know, through a couple of unfortunate picks from what I could see. I think some of them didn't look like his fault. But look, at the end of the day, I think, you know, the amount of times Pete Carroll was asked about the QB race, he kept saying Gino was in the lead. Um, so the Seahawks fan, it, it's, it, I mean, it's amazing. Basically, the Seahawks have literally just swapped our QB uh, hell um, of last year and given it to themselves, Teddy Bridgeford, Teddy Bridgewater, Reed, Reed Gino Smith. Um, I imagine Locke will probably see the field week five or six, probably have the same results as Locke had last year. Um, Gino Smith is a terrible quarterback. He's absolutely no man's idea, no one's idea of, of what a QB one should be. Locke has lost another battle. Uh, the Seahawks are clearly trying to uh, win the CJ Stroud sweepstakes for next year. He's by far and away the best QB in college football. Uh, he was last year and he was ridiculously denied the Heisman. Um, in a decision that cost me quite a lot of money, I might add. Um, so yeah, no, we should. We, I mean, we should be beating the Seahawks anyway. We'll certainly be beating them with Geno Smith in charge. Um, so uh, you know, but hey, look, we're there now. We've we've made it through a very long, it's a long off season for the simple reason we were so excited to see Russell Wilson. <laughs> we're still waiting to see Russell Wilson, but I think that was the right move. And there's a huge amount of news to get through with the cuts. There was a lot of surprises, and I think. Uh, you know, we've got a good roster. George Payton certainly seems to to believe in his draft picks, which is probably the right thing to do. Um, and there's a couple of moves that I probably may not have agreed with. But yeah, and all in all, we're nearly there. We're, we're, we're nearly down to single-digit players now in the how many days from the Broncos social media team do we have left? Today will be the last one, I think, where it's double figures, Michael. So next, uh, probably could have seen Kendall Hilton tomorrow, but that might be in poor taste considering Kendall's been released by the team, but whoever may have worn nine in the past, we'll have to see. I, uh, I, I think um, one of the, uh, before we, we move on, what just around Locke, Geno Smith and, and a broader point, um, I hope maybe people take away from it. There's cause stuff that goes on in the background. Okay. Two head coaches have now decided that Drew Locke isn't the answer. Um, there's all sorts of stuff, right. That we don't get to see. Um, so people had this idea that Vic Fangio had this big conspiracy against Drew Locke last year. Uh, well, why would Pete Carroll have had that as well? Is it a league wide one there? And just in a, in a broader sense, like, again, we've talked about, that on this show there's all sorts of stuff that goes on off off the field um that that we don't see um and also i think that's a broader point as well like with the guys getting cut right we're going to talk about you know the the roster we're going to talk about who we're excited about but there are a whole host of guys who have lost their jobs out of this some will come back on the practice squad but for some of them they're going to walk away from football forever now um kind of dreams broken uh, so there's a lot of stuff off the field that goes on it goes into these decisions, both in terms of roster, both in terms of who plays and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, this podcast has been recorded a day after the cuts. Um, the deadline was 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday for the 50 Fleeman rosters. Some surprising news was coming out, I guess, the morning time for us, um, hearing that punter Sam Martin was released. Um, I think myself and Colin, I'm not sure if Stuart as well, I had the pleasure to speak to Sam a couple of times. Really, really nice guy. Um, wish them all the very, very best in the future. And uh, Brandon Johnson, Moody, Seth Williams, Kendall Hilton have all been waived. Uh, the biggest shock for me, Colin, was the trade of Malik Reed to the Steelers. Did, did you see that coming? Because 
Um, there were a few teams that were busy yesterday, trading. the Eagles were one of them, but that that was a bit of a shock. And you know, Malik Ray, that I was surprised to be honest with. Um, a, a little bit, uh, I suppose. It you know, given he's the the guy, um, you know, who has the the most sacks. We've discussed Malik Reid, I think, Michael, um, when um myself and short a few weeks back in terms of what Malik Reid kind of brought to the the table. But I suppose, look, George Payton, um, is showing that. He he ultimately is is a fan of his picks and what he believes that they can bring. You know, I mean, look, Bradley Job had the the option um, picked up, um, and then you've got Randy Gregory. So it was always going to be who was behind them. Uh, so I suppose it, it's one, and and I know Stewart probably has a a, a point on it. it. It it's one where it's going to be. Certainly, I think questioned if um, the there are is an injury to Gregory or Chubb, and um, the the backups come in and, and they don't produce. I mean that that's where it all comes down to. This is why the GMs get paid the money that they do. They they make the the big calls. He had to decide one way or the other, and ultimately he's gone with you know what. Uh, his own decisions rather than you know what the previous regime did. Stuart, what was your thoughts on that Malik Reid trade? Uh, late draft compensatory, um, so we're not talking about like a like a third or fourth here. Um, I was I was a bit taken aback by it because I I know we've got we've got Randy Gregory now, but as Colum said, there are going to be occasions this season for every team where you will question certain things, and for me that is. I'm already questioning this, but I guess we just got to believe in what Peyton's setting up here over the next few weeks. Well, I think you, um, I think you kind of, you brought up the two moves that I really disliked, um, Michael. Um, I dislike getting rid of Sam Martin for about a million. Um, I know, you know, cap space is, is uh, gold, <laughs> pun intended, but um, I, I think you're taking an awful risk with a punter. I think we've had serious issues with special teams over the last few years. I think Sam Martin was, you know, he's not Ray Guy. He's not a Hall of Famer, uh, but he's a damn solid punter. And um, if you look at the punter we had before that, he was a terrible punter. You just kind of see the importance of a player like that. And I think, you know, the new punter, I think his cap hit is 820 grand. Sam Martin's was, um, I think, two, two million. Um, Sam Martin didn't want to take a pay cut, so that's the reason why they were released. We don't know what... Uh, what Waitman's uh, like as a punter because he's punted in two games in the NFL. So there's an element of risk with that. Um, and I, I'm i not really sure why you would do that. Now, I suppose the other argument is you can go and get a punter off the street if if, uh, if he doesn't work out. But for me, I, I just, I, I, when it comes to special teams, I'm firmly of the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mode. And I, I don't think he saved enough money. I don't think it was significant enough for the risk that was involved. Hopefully the new guy will be a brilliant punter and we don't have to talk about this again. But I, I think that was... To me, that was a, a risky move. Um, I hated um, the Malik Reid trade um, for a couple of reasons. One, a six-round pick is, you know, I think GMs and fans go absolutely crazy around this time of year going, oh, we got a six-round pick. Um, you know, talk to me about the six-round picks that have made a huge significance to the Broncos over the last years. Maybe a handful, but realistically, a six-round pick is kind of nothing. Um and what you've done is you've basically, I think you, you've put your, your faith in Nick Benito, which I think is okay. 
I think you have to you draft him. You know, he's as high a draft pick as we're going to have for quite some time. So I guess you do have to go with him. And you like the upside of Baron Browning. And the, 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 the problem with that, Michael, as, as Colm sort of alluded to earlier on, we spoke about this at length when you were away. Um, neither Bradley Chubb nor Randy Gregory have come within a sniff of finishing 17 games in an NFL season, apart from Chubb's rookie year. The rest of the time, they've missed five, six, seven, eight games. So these guys are not going to play 17 games. Even, you know, we're not even talking about relief, like relief pitching for, for the guys when they need a break. We're talking about them actually being fit. They're not going to be fit for 17 games. It's not going to happen or there's nothing to suggest it's going to happen. So you've given away a known commodity and you've gotten very little in return. And um, now I know Malik, I think this was, he, this was the final year of his contract. Maybe if that's, you know, and it sounds like he was going to get cut. Um, so I suppose the counter argument is you got something for a player that you were about to get nothing for. Um, but I, I again, I, I think, you know, for, for fans of a team who've grown up with exceptional pass rush, we've seen what a pass rush can do in the playoffs in particular, if we're serious about making the playoffs, then you really are putting a lot into Nick Benito and Baron Browning. I hope that it works out. I think both of them flashed a lot of potential. Um, but you also then have to ask yourself, flashed a lot of potential against what? In the preseason, they weren't going up against teams uh, first, you know, for first team tackles. They weren't going against first team offenses. And if they did, the only time they would have done that was against the Bills. And they were absolutely slaughtered. So I think this is another gamble. Um, so there are two. Now, I liked an awful lot of the other moves just for balance. I, I'm not just going to spend my time giving out about uh, George Payton. I think he's an, a really, you know, a, an outstanding GM. But I didn't like those moves. And I, and I don't really see what potential there is to gain from them. The caveat is, of course, you can address those problems. There are still players out there if needs be. If the punter falls apart, you can get a punter. Pass rush is a little bit more difficult, but there are players out there available, I suppose. Colin, one thing that George Payton said yesterday was that he expects many of these players that were waived to come back onto the practice squad. The Broncos are ninth on the waiver wire, by the way, in case you're wondering, folks, as it stands. Do you think he's been a bit unrealistic? Like, for example, at the time of recording right now, I know Sam Martin probably wouldn't be one of those guys, but apparently he's already in Buffalo. So it seems like teams are using today the pounce and they, they may look at some of these guys like Moody or Kendall Hilton and they may just decide to try and bring some guys in instead of instead of having lads sit on the practice squad. Yeah, well, it's all it's it's kind of convoluted, right? Because depending on a player's status in terms of how long they've been in the league, sometimes they don't have to to clear waivers. Um, given um the situation in in Buffalo and the mess the Bills made of that. Um, let's be very clear that they did make a mess of that. Um, it's not surprising that they've looked to bring uh, a punter with the experience and um, and quality of, of Sam Martin in. He can slot kind of right in, in there. Um, but so, some of them will definitely come back because the guys who do, um, you know, the, the other thing to remember is if you're if you're now all the other teams right cut to 53 yesterday as well if they're to bring somebody in they have to make space on their roster so for a lot of guys that's why they they will end up um coming back not everyone will right some some will definitely be targeted by um other teams um but it it is um it's really kind of complicated in terms of the way in which the practice squad works, the way in which waivers work, um, the 
who you could have on the practice squad in terms of having veterans, um, having younger players in terms of what they can earn, and also the fact that that too counts against the the cap. Um, so yeah, so some guys definitely we we will see them come back, and we know you know say the the likes of kind of um Mike Purcell is a guy who is coming back, right? He he took one for the team, and George Payton talked about that in terms of they they needed to put guys to have guys on the 53 yesterday in order to be able to put them on short uh, term IR because um, if you were to, to do that yesterday they were going to be gone for the season and obviously you don't want that um, so it, it there there's lots to play out kind of over the next kind of 24 48 hours but yes you you're you, I suppose the, you're running a risk, right? Because you don't know. You you can cut somebody and all of a sudden somebody else might really, really want them um, so that they can bring them across. But I think it is a calculated risk for most of the guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you going to get this podcast out on the Wednesday? So shout out to the Malheim Report team for hopefully doing this today. Stuart, just while we are here and we stress this is today after the cuts, is there anyone that stands out to you at the minute that we could bring in? Uh, maybe like a high upside wide receiver or another position. Like we are, I'm not going to say we're lighting some positions, but I think we could definitely try and add a couple of players. Oh, we, we are lighting a couple of positions, Mick. I, I've no problem saying that. I think you as the host perhaps feel you have to remain neutral, but no, we're definitely light in tight end and we're definitely light in cornerback. And there's no doubt about it. I know Tomlinson is a similar situation to Mike Purcell. He, he all, you know, he also took one for the team. Um, but our tight end, we've I've spoken about this at length. Our tight end room is is extraordinarily green. Um, and I think if you look at the depth chart that we have, you know, when you when you consider that the vast majority of NFL teams now play three and four cornerbacks regularly, um, you've got Pazzutan, you've got Darby, and you've got Williams, the guy who came over from the 49ers, who's an excellent slot receiver. I'm sorry, an excellent slot cornerback. Um, after that, there's you know, you're talking about Damari Mathis, Ojemudia, who seems to have constant injury problems, and Isang Bassi. I mean, they're all promising players. Um, but, the, you know, they, they're also green in the sense, you know, that, that they haven't seen an awful lot of game time. And I'm not sure Ojemudia, for example, is a player that I think you sometimes look and you go, yeah, maybe it's got a click from it. There's other times he looks like he really struggles. Um, and Bassi and Mathis are, you know, they're, 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 they haven't got a huge amount of experience. So I, I don't know the situation. I know Howard has already um, been snapped up. The Bills released him yesterday. Um, he's he's already gone. Um, I'm not sure what what is out there in cornerback. But Colin made a good point. You know, like we we've released a lot of players. All the other teams release players, and to bring in people, they have to let go of others as well. So there might be somebody out there that you could pick up. But I would still. You know, I'm I'm not convinced that that is our tight end room for week one or week two of the season. I I, I don't think there's enough there, and I would also keep an eye on cornerback. So I, I you know, I, I'd I'd have a look and see who's kind of on the market cornerback wise. Um, it's a tricky one though, you know, because you are cap is tight 
obviously um you know you might need to sort of make some moves to to sort of fit one in and then if somebody comes in as we said somebody else has to go out i'm not sure um i mean the other thing as well like one of the other positions that was we talked about beforehand was was wide receiver there was a couple of surprises there i thought seth williams was a lock to make but i think they were saying that Tyree cleveland is a special better special teams player than seth williams so that was one of the reasons why he uh well, he was let go and Cleveland was kept. Um, so again, you've got Cortland Sutton, you've got Jerry Judy, then you've got KJ Hamler, who's only just coming back from a serious injury. Uh, and after that, you've got Kyrie Cleveland, Jay, Jalen Virgil and Montreal Washington. Now, you might bring some of the uh, guys you released back onto the practice squad. I see Johnson has already been brought back to the practice squad, the, qu- the quarterback. And um, Brett Rippon won the number two job um, uh, in a, in a you know, a ding-dong battle that... Uh, I don't even think the the lads' parents were that interested in. Um, but uh, yeah, they're they're so wide receiver, cornerback, tight end. They're three position groups. I think we keep an eye on. I, I I don't think we would be harmed by having another wide receiver, a little bit of uh, experience. I think that's a very very young wide receiver group. Um, you know, an early an early veteran wouldn't do us any harm at all if there's one of them out there. I can't. That was literally my next question for you. I mean, we've got Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, Hamler, Washington, Virgil, and Cleveland, and like Stuart's talked about there. But it does, even though there's six wide receivers there, it does seem a little light without Tim Patrick. Yeah. It does. Um, but I suppose you're looking at I, what they wanted to do. And I, I think probably what they looked at was speed more than anything. They, um, they're looking to take advantage of Russ's ability to, to throw deep, um, and to keep, um, kind of defenses on their toes, right. To, to have that ability to, um, stretch the field. The fact that we have a one, two punch that at running back that, most teams you'd have to say in in our division right there it, we we talk about it the strongest division in the nfl um and there you know you, you look at um you know as difficult as it is to say but like uh adams renfro and waller is an amazing pass catching uh group of catchers right um but I would say our running backs are better than I think anyone in the in the division in terms of that one-two punch, um, you know. Uh, so uh, that that I think will will stand to us. Um, yeah, I think in terms of of leadership, it's going to be really interesting to see who who steps into to those roles. Obviously, you bring in Russ, and that's huge. Um, and you saw him. I, I don't know if uh, if you saw or the listeners saw him um, acting like a dad and and taking uh, photos of the uh, wide receiver uh, group uh, over the the last couple of days. So it's clear he's kind of brought them um, kind of under his wing. So you know that that will definitely. A huge difference, I think, um, in comparison to previous years, right? The trust that the wide receivers have in their quarterback, in his ability to get them the ball, in his ability to get them the ball downfield. So if they can get open, they know Russ can can hit them. So I, I think maybe that's why they've leaned into youth, leaned into speed, um, to take advantage of um that Russ's arm and I think that's going to be really important because we're going to to have to score points the the way in which the NFL has gone um you can't lean a totally on your defense we've tried that for the last six years and it just isn't a, a strategy towards winning anymore 
the NFL rules mean. Um, it's designed to be a quarterback league. It's designed to score points. So that's what we want to see. Stuart, have you anything else you want to add to these roster cuts before we move on? No, I think we covered everything, Michael. Um, you know, as I said, there is still 10 days, you know, so these things are in a state of flux. Like, the, you know, your 53-man roster yesterday, we already know that Purcell and Tomlinson are going to get added to it, so there's going to be counter moves there. Um, so it's it's not definite yet. It's not finalised. It's not fixed. And, uh, you know, there, the, I, I, I'd imagine there's some intriguing players out there. So, you know, uh, it's, it's still a case of watch this space. But... Uh, you know we're nearly there now, and I think this is this this is the last key event before real real football begins. Um, in in what is it? It, it, it less than a week now where the Bills are playing. I think the first game of the season, so we're we're almost there. So uh, yeah, a couple of moves still to be made. I think we've got a good team. We've got a team to be excited by, but we've a team that's by no means perfect. And I think we could still add one or two little. Um, percentages to the team just to, to make it that little bit better, um, and then I think I'd be I'd be really happy. But I'm I'm really looking forward to. It. I have to say I'm really excited for it as well. It seems like it's it's been a long time coming because I know we've been talking a lot in the off season about certain topics, and it's a bit mad that it's so close now. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Colin? Um, I thought one of the things that was interesting um, this week was that uh, there was a piece in The Athletic that came out and it was um, one of those pieces where uh, a journalist kind of talks to people around the, the league um, anonymously in, in many or gives them an, and they're, you know, they know who they're talking to, but they provide them with the anonymity to talk openly and freely. And um, George Payton um, was um, named as the, the most trusted GM across the, the league and amongst the top three talent evaluators. Um, now we need the, the Broncos to show that on the field. But the fact that, you know, people see him as um, being honest and forthright uh, would would have to fill you with confidence that he is, you know, he takes that approach to the roster um, selection as well. So uh, fingers crossed, uh, you know, we this will be a year where the Broncos get back to to winning football. Um, you know, I, I look, I, you, it's definitely is is the roster um perfect no i mean when you compare it to say that bill look we saw the bills in you know week two of, of races and you see what they have built but they've been building that for in the past you know um five five six years um in in many ways and and you know you go take somebody like gabe davis with them right somebody who was kind of their fourth wide receiver he was considered a deep threat and he has worked his way up now to to be um their wr2 um and a very very good wr2 so it takes time to to build a roster like that remember uh for for george payton this is his um second year but you'd have to say he has done um an immensely impressive job to to date I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting Bush Stewart and Colum's predictions next week. Not for week one, but for the season. No, like, let's go through each game. I want to hear before what you lads and myself think. Um, I've got, I have to say, my opinions have definitely changed over the last few weeks and months. Um, so you might be a wee bit surprised. Um, lads, that's it. The next show that we do will be the final show before the first game of the season, which is awesome. 
I, I know we'll probably go out the Tuesday after the first game, hopefully. So we'll get that out as soon as possible. Uh, but if you can follow us on Twitter, follow Colum at Colum C O L U M from Cork, um, at Purple Heart TC is Stuart, and I'm at Michael underscore NFL. Please do give us a follow and have a bit of crack with us. Big thanks to the Maha Report team for the continued support. Uh, and we'll chat to you next week. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.